You're listening to The Daily Detail, a roundup of the most important news from the state of Alabama and across the United States. I'm Andrea Tice. Alabama's Attorney General Steve Marshall is given a victory this past weekend when it comes to federal vaccine mandates. A federal court has granted a motion filed by Marshall to place an injunction on the vaccine that's being required of all employees of the Head Start program. The Biden administration is also trying to require that preschool students wear face masks during their entire time at the preschool. Marshall says that the federal branch has overstepped its legal authority, and that the court out of Louisiana has agreed with the state of Alabama in that an individual should not be mandated to take a vaccine or get fired. Marshall says this will allow the Head Start program to continue its operations without having to lose teachers or cut back services. Marshall says that forcing masks on two-year-olds is nonsensical and damaging. The United States Supreme Court will be hearing oral arguments this week on two lawsuits that are seeking to challenge the federal vaccine mandate as applied to businesses with over 100 employees. The Alabama legislature is launching a new website. That address is legislature.state.al.us. The launch date is set for January 11th, where the new features will be in place. The new website will allow users to track legislation through its various processes in the Alabama legislative session, as well as go into the history of other legislation in past sessions. Visitors to the website will also be able to view the live proceedings going on in both the Alabama House and State Senate. A grant of $6.8 million from the state of Alabama is being awarded to organizations with services to domestic violence and sexual assault victims. The Alabama Department of Economic and Community Affairs is distributing that money to just under 30 different groups here in the state who address the issue directly. The funds will help in providing safe shelter, crisis lines, counseling, advocacy, and community education to those victims. The money also is used to train local law enforcement and nonprofit agencies. Governor Ivey says that these groups will help victims with quick and compassionate services to navigate the process and prevent further abuse. Authorities in Montgomery are searching for two suspects who they say could be involved in the first murder of 2022 in that city. The incident happened on Mobile Road on New Year's Day. Authorities found a man shot on that road who later died from his injuries. Two pics have now been released of a man and a woman who left that scene and were apparently caught on security cameras. Police say they are wanted for questioning. The parents of a Birmingham bombing victim from 1963 has now died at the age of 93. Mrs. Maxine McNair passed away on Sunday, January 2nd. She was the parent of Denise, one of the four little girls who died following a bomb that was placed at the 16th Street Baptist Church by a member of the Ku Klux Klan. McNair was the last living parent of those four girls. McNair's family members honored her in a public statement as an amazing wife, mother, and teacher of 33 years in the Birmingham public school system. They say her knowledge, laughter, and humor affected hundreds of lives. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, another round of canceled flights and frustrated travelers. A winter storm in the Midwest is partially to blame for some of those cancellations, as well as a reduced number of airport workers and airline employees from this past year due to COVID-19. Reports from FlightAware say that on Sunday there were 2,300 flights to and from the U.S. that were canceled, 4,000 flights around the world. On New Year's Day itself, there were 13,000 flights delayed and over 4,000 canceled. The Transportation Security Administration did screen 1.6 million passengers, which is an increase from the 2021 numbers of 1.1 million, but it's still lower than pre-COVID travel numbers, which came in at 2.1 million in 2020. 
The chairwoman of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, known as FDIC, is resigning from her appointed position. She was placed there in 2018 by former President Donald Trump. Helena McWilliams sent a letter of resignation to President Joe Biden on the last day of 2021. She will officially leave her position on February 4th. McWilliams wrote an editorial article in early December that warned of the Democrats within that board who are seeking a hostile takeover of the agency. McWilliams says that nine of the 20 chairmen who have headed up that agency in the past had to deal with a majority of the board members being from the opposing party. But she says that since her appointment in 2018, there's been a concerted effort for the board to circumvent the chairman and pursue their own agenda. McWilliams is a Serbian immigrant who came to the U.S. 30 years ago and has had a successful career in law, finance, and banking policy. Dr. Robert Malone is speaking out about his permanent censorship from Twitter. Malone recently spent three hours on the Joe Rogan podcast covering a range of topics related to COVID-19, big pharmaceutical companies, the vaccines, and the concerted effort by media to control the information that's being given to Americans during this virus outbreak. And this gets to your core question about tech. It's not tech. It's, It's the horizontal integration across all major industries now under the control of common funds. All of these industries, the the harmonization of the tech censorship, the interests of pharma, um, big media, etc., and governments, all being harmonized in their messaging globally. I mean, I travel a lot. Okay, I see the same, and I have physicians coming to me all the time about what they're experiencing. The same playbook is going on every continent. Malone says he and others who are offering differing facts and statistics about adverse events within vaccines are being silenced and blamed for spreading disinformation and vaccine hesitancy. He says the reason for that is simple. Follow the money. Pfizer is one of the most criminal pharmaceutical organizations in the world based on their past legal history and fines. What do those fines include? Bribing physicians. Okay. It is a cost-benefit analysis in the pharmaceutical industry about misbehavior. They are not grounded in the ethical principles that you and I, as average people, believe in. They don't live in that world. As you appropriately point out, they are about profit, return on investment. And furthermore, the overlords that own them, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, etc., These large, massive funds that are completely decoupled from nation states have no moral core. They have no moral purpose. Their only purpose is return on investment. And Twitter has now moved from targeting a highly competent doctor to that of a political conservative. U.S. House member Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia has had her personal account on Twitter suspended permanently. Her professional account as an elected official remains intact on the social media site. Green says she was booted for repeated violations of Twitter's policy on COVID-19 misinformation. A senator from Nebraska wants the Department of Justice to make a New Year's resolution to really go after scumbags connected to Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Senator Ben Sass issued a press release after a New York City jury convicted Maxwell of the sex trafficking of underage females to Epstein. Sass wants the DOJ to find out why Epstein escaped justice for decades before his arrest in 2019, where he then supposedly committed suicide in a jail cell in New York City. Sass says every single scumbag who committed crimes against minors with the help of Maxwell and Epstein should be found and charged. Sass says the crooked deal that was made with Epstein by federal prosecutors years ago 
protected co-conspirators in other states, and that justice has not yet been fully served. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss the amazing story of Birmingham artist Steve Skipper, as told to the host of This Alabama Life, Don Keith. And so on a Sunday afternoon, I was right after church. I was 13 years old and actually introduced to marijuana for the first time. And then uh, after that, I was told about uh, this group uh, called the Crips and uh, never heard of it before. You know, the scripture in the Bible that says men love darkness rather than light because darkness covers up their evil deeds. So this situation was something that was actually more real than real. But at the same time, it was done in a cloak of darkness. And I think that one night, probably around 14 years old, I was invited to come to a meeting with these guys and and uh, not really knowing what was going on and actually shaped in my mind and my heart by the dysfunction that was going on in my in my in my home and uh, had a lot of anger problems uh, inside of me, even at that young age. Did you say and, you were looking for family? Brothers, yeah, because my family was broken, and that, that's that's where the, the the enemy really takes advantage of, of young kids, because you're going through a whole lot of trauma that you don't know how to handle, and at the same time, instead of you handling it, it starts handling you, and so I was prime, you know, for something like this. And then when they presented themselves, they presented themselves as family. I didn't know that the first t- thing you have to do to get into the the gang is not to this is not the Boy Scouts. I mean, it's not. <laughs> Not anything like that, but at the same time, uh, what you have to do, you have to be called what they call jumped in. And uh, at that time, you know, you have to fight about 10 guys. You know, 10 guys are fighting you, and you have to fight them. Well, I had so much dysfunction on the inside of me, so much hate and so much anger on the inside of me. You know, and I was very, very angry at my mother. And every time I looked at either one of the guys, they looked like her. And so I started fighting, and the next thing you know, blood was all over me. And the guys were on the ground, and I looked at the leader. I said, are you next? And he said those infamous words. He said, you're in. You can listen to the rest of that story on This Alabama Life. That is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you then.